Thank you for joining Holy Spirit Living, the podcast that encourages and equips believers to live each moment intentionally to bring glory to God and build His kingdom. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us as we continue this series on relationships. So last week, we talked about relationships in the church, and today we're going to talk about relationships in our family. When we talk about the family unit, I want to talk about our relationship with our children, our relationships with our parents, and our relationships with our siblings. It's important to build healthy relationships. And in order to do that, it has to be anchored in love. And in order to be anchored in love, we have to be anchored in Christ. That's so important. Our first and most important relationship is with God. When we start out our day, we should be putting him first in everything. It gets our day started on the right foot. When talking about building healthy relationships, there's a reality that relationships, they're not instant. It's not like instant mashed potatoes that you can pull out of the cabinet and throw a little milk and water in and have an instant meal. We're in such a world that is all based on instant everything. We want everything now. We don't want to wait for things. But relationships take work and they take time. It's important to know that and remember that. I think if both parents are out working, they're coming home, and they're just wore out. And so the first thing most people tell me when I come home from work, I'm exhausted and I just need a little time to unwind. The children in today's society are so attached to electronic devices, whether it's iPads, iPhones, computer games, whatever it is. When my kids were little, that wasn't that big of an issue like it is today. I mean, sure, there were video games, there were televisions and all of that, but there wasn't the cell phones like there are today. There was not iPads and all of that at their access like there is today. And so I didn't have to struggle with that quite as much as what the younger generation is doing. And so I'll have a lot of parents come to me now. All they want to do is play on the video games or all they want to do is play on the iPad. We need to have downtime where we can disconnect. On average, most families only spend about an hour a day together because usually they're up running in the morning, getting kids off to school, making breakfast, getting everybody to the bus stop or wherever they need to go or dropping them off and getting to work. In the evening, they're coming home, it's make dinner, then I got to do laundry, I got to get the kids bath, I got to get the kids in bed, all of the stuff that we're trying to get through. And we only have probably a good hour of quality time. So that's what I want to talk about. If we only have one hour, we need to make the most of it. And I mean, who knows? For some of us, you might have a couple hours, but make the most of those couple of hours. That means let's unplug from the electronical devices. And as tempting as it is as a parent to want to be able to sit down and just zone out for a little bit and let your kids have an electronic babysitter, it's just not good. You could do that, but you're not going to build the healthy relationships by just letting everybody tune out. And I'm saying that in complete love. Trust me. 
I've been there. I know what it's like to come home and be like, oh, I just need a minute. My kids didn't have the electronic devices, but they had other things. So I understand that every parent needs their time. And it's important, too, that we have that time. If we could spend our time in the morning with God, first and foremost, and get our day straightened out, it helps with dealing with the waves that come at us that can cause us to be overly stressed. And it doesn't mean that we're still not going to deal with stress in our lives, but it'll be a little bit easier if we've been starting our day right in the Word and with God in prayer. Plus, it's important to be able to talk to the Lord and just pour out our heart. Honestly, He already knows our heart. But still, he wants us to share that with him. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourselves in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. He just wants us to delight in his presence. And when we're taking things to him and just sharing our heart, he loves that because our desire is to be in his presence. And so he does want to fulfill those things in our hearts. If we can spend our day getting in the presence of God, it's going to help us throughout our day. And trust me, in 20 years, when you look back, you'll be happy that you took the time with your children in the evening to have them disconnected from all those cell phones. I think back about when my kids were younger, I would give anything to have some of that time back to just spend with them. Maybe wasted time that I could have been sitting down and talking to them. And it's important that even though they disconnect from the electronic devices, we still have to have real conversations with our children. They're desperate for connection and conversation. I mean, social media has made it to where we have this false sense of connection with people. But it's not real. It's not a true connection. When I moved away from my family, social media was one way that I felt like I could still stay connected. I could get on there and see what my brother was doing in West Virginia. I could get on there and see what my nieces and nephews were doing, my sister in New York. I could get on there and see what my sister in Circleville was doing. I could get on there and see what my kids in Las Vegas and in Columbus and different areas were all doing because people were posting things about their day. And so I felt like I was there with them, that I was living life with them. But at the end of the day, I wasn't making a real connection with them. It was a false sense of connection. It felt real, but it wasn't. I think about our kids now. And when I think about the kids being all grown up and out on their own, even though I might see their Facebook post and I might acknowledge it or I might acknowledge something that my sister posted, she doesn't know that I'm staying connected with her. The truth of the matter is she may feel like that I'm not at all interested in her life. Even if I've liked her post or commented, maybe to her she feels like I haven't even taken the opportunity to reach out and say hello. Even with our cell phones, most people aren't even calling people anymore. It's a text. It's a text message. Why? Because it's the instant way out. I can just read it. I don't have to spend time on the phone actually talking to somebody, and I want convenience. That's how most of the world feels today. But convenience costs us healthy relationships. We have to be able to put in the effort and the time if we want healthy relationships, period. 
And I know that everybody's lives are probably spread pretty thin, especially if you have a family that you're raising, you have work, where is there a balance? Well, I want to talk about that because first and foremost, like I said, your relationship with God is the first important relationship and second is your spouse. And then it's your relationship with your children and your relationship with your extended family after that. Obviously, your children need your attention, and you need to invest in them. You need to sit down, sit at the dinner table, have dinner together. And I know that sounds old-fashioned for the younger generation, but it's important because we can have real discussions at the family table. It's a time where we can learn about each other's days. We can ask important questions. And as a matter of fact, we can begin to teach our children to focus on the positive things. Maybe that could be through asking a series of questions like, tell me something that you were grateful for today. Tell me something exciting that happened with you today. Tell me something that you really appreciated about today. And then it's also important to say, tell me about something that was very challenging for you today. Because this way, it still allows the kids to be able to open up about the things they're struggling with and have those real conversations with them. But it keeps their focus also on the positive. And you can train them up in that way to where they're focusing on the things that they're grateful for and having an attitude of gratitude. Picking up the phone and calling those people that are close to you is probably one of the the biggest ways you're going to stay in connection with your siblings, your mom or dad, those that maybe live out of town or away from you. Because we don't have that real time to always run and see. It's important to schedule like this month we're going to go visit this person or we're going to make an effort to go as a family and visit this relative. Have those visits because we don't know how long sometimes we're going to have with that individual. and We take for granted that they're always going to be there. Take the time to physically go and have real connection with people. But in the meantime and in between time, make real connections with them, at least over the phone. Now we even have Zoom and FaceTime. That really helps because you can have a face-to-face conversation using your digital electronics. And I mean, technology is not a bad thing if we use it in the right way. The thing is, is that when we're spending so much time with it that we're disconnecting from real relationships, that's when it's not good. But if we can take that technology and use it to truly stay in touch in real ways, I like to try to reach out to my sister as often as I can. Sometimes that might be once in a week. Sometimes it might be several days in a week. It depends on my schedule. My kids are grown now. They're out of the house, but I still stay connected with them very often. I'm calling, reaching out, at least sending a text and saying, hey, I love you. I'm thinking about you and I'm praying for you. But remember, a text does not replace real conversation. Take that time to really connect. Get on the phone, talk, go visit. And even the telephone doesn't replace the in-person visits. If you live close enough, make sure that you're taking that time. My husband is a pastor, and so we both pastor the church And there can be a large demand for our time from people. But we have to sometimes set boundaries on that and say, okay, between these hours, unless it's an emergency, 
everything needs to go to voicemail and see if it's an emergency and field that out. And if it's not, you get back to them during a certain set of hours because we have to be able to have family time together. We have to be able to have time to spend with family. Another important thing to remember is that if we want healthy relationships, we have to be willing to give. We can't come into a relationship always taking and expect it to be healthy. We can't walk into a relationship for what can you do for me, but how can I serve you? A heart of humility and a heart of servanthood. There's going to be times that you run into conflict, maybe with your brothers and sisters or parents. As adults, you want to be able to sit down and work those things out. And sometimes it can be difficult. I will say that if you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and that's what we're talking about is Holy Spirit living, then everything has to be done in love. If you're in Christ, then you walk in love because he is love. And so it should be the fruit of our lives. People should see love in us and not just see it in us, but the fruit of it in our actions and everything. There's times that we might run into conflict that really challenges us. We need to be prepared when that happens to rely on Holy Spirit to say, Lord, I need you to get me through this moment, and he'll do it. He will surely do it. I've had disagreements with my siblings over the years, but I'll give a testimony that my brother was very upset with my daughter for a decision that she had made that he didn't agree with. She's an adult at this point. She's not a little child. And he calls her. And my brother really struggled with alcoholism. He drank for a lot of years. He struggled with that. And so when he had called her, he had really been on a drinking binge. So he said a lot of things that were filled with hate and anger. And when you're walking in, the Lord When you're living a Holy Spirit-filled life, it's hard to be offended. That doesn't mean that you still won't cross a fence occasionally or be offended, but it's harder to be offended if you're walking in Christ. A lot of times when people are saying things that out of anger, it's because they're hurting. For me, because I do a lot of inner healing ministry, the Holy Spirit really reveals that to me pretty quickly, and I see that in people. But when my daughter had called me that day, sobbing and crying and heartbroken because of what her uncle had said to her, some very hateful things, I became so angry, and I remember my blood was just boiling. Everything in me wanted to just put him in his place. I wanted to tell him what kind of person he was. I was so angry. After I hung up the phone with her, I went to call him. And Holy Spirit said to me in that moment, Mandy, are you going to call and let your flesh lead? Or are you going to continue to choose to walk in me? Because what you're about to do has nothing to do with love. And I just felt this heavy conviction at that moment. And I knew what I was wanting to say and what I was wanting to do did not align with the character of Christ. And I said, Lord, you have to help me. I was so angry. I said, you have to help me, Lord, because I don't have the strength to not blow up and tell him off. All of a sudden, I remember I called him 
And as he answered that phone, Holy Spirit took over in me. And I said to him, I wanted to tell you that I love you. And when he had answered the phone, he was very angry. He was expecting me to call. And when I said, I just want to tell you how much I love you, he stopped and he just got quiet for a minute. And then he says, did your daughter tell you what I said to her? And I said, yes, she did. And then he just starts to blow up. And I said, I just wanted to tell you that I love you. When I said those words, I'll be honest, it was the most painful thing I think I had ever done. I literally could feel pain in my flesh. I could feel my flesh being crucified in that moment. Everything in my body, everything in my flesh wanted to say, let me tell you something. But I crucified the flesh. I said, no, it is Christ that lives in me, and I will not let my flesh lead. And so I just let the Holy Spirit speak. I would not let the flesh take over. And I said, I love you. And he began to weep. And he cried so hard and for so long. And I just held the phone. And he said, why are you saying this to me? And I said, because I love you. And he said, after everything that I said to your daughter, and I said, yeah, I still love you. At that point, Holy Spirit just began to give me a word of knowledge. And I began to speak it over him. I said, you know, God just revealed to me that the reason that you're so angry and speaking so negatively to everybody is because you feel that you're not worthy to be loved. And you feel like you want to be hateful to people so that they'll be hateful to you because you feel like you deserve hate and not love. And as I said that, he began to weep again. And he cried and he cried. And I just held the phone and I just prayed over him as he was crying. And when he pulled himself together, he said, how did you know that? And I said, I didn't, but Holy Spirit did. And he revealed that to me. I said, God knows your heart. He knows the desires of your heart. He knows the heart aches that you have. He knows the lies that you've believed, and he wants to reveal the truth to you. And as I talked to him that day, I just began to tell him of the Father's love. And it's not like he didn't know. I mean, he grew up in church, just like the rest of us had. But somewhere along the way, he lost sight of that, and he believed a lie from the enemy. So I showed him love that day. Instead of retaliating and getting my flesh satisfied, I showed love. And it was hard to do in that moment. It was very painful. Like, literally, I felt pain in my flesh. But it was the most rewarding thing because through that, healing took place. And as I began to talk to him and tell him the Father's heart for him and how God loves him and God has a plan and purpose for his life, He sat and he soaked it all up, and he knew it was truth because it was confirmation. He had been told years before that he was called to be a pastor, and he had never fully stepped into that. There was a moment in his life when he had started to really shadow under another minister who had begun to pour into him, and he was going to do youth ministry and and things like that. And he was so excited about that because he really had a heart for kids. He lost sight of all that, and he believed a lie. And 
once he did that, it opened him up for the oppression that he was walking in, you know, with alcohol. But that day, as we began to talk instantaneously, like he was drunk when we started our conversation. And after I spoke the truth over him and he wept and I prayed over him, he sobered up instantly and I knew it was Holy Spirit. And he said to me, do you think it's too late for me? And I said, absolutely not. And he said, do you think that God could still use me to do ministry or whatever? I said, absolutely, he could use you to do ministry. Don't ever think that it's too late. And he rededicated his life to Christ right then on the phone with me that day. We had talked for probably two hours, but when we got off the phone, he had a whole new lease on life. He had rededicated his life, and he was ready to start really spending time in the presence of God. I called my sister, and I shared with her what was going on, and she was just so happy to hear that he had rededicated his life to Christ, and she was praying for him, I was praying for him, and between the two of us, we would reach out to him and send him encouraging devotionals, and she really had more time to call and pour into him, into that relationship of of really sharing Christ with him and discipling him, which was a wonderful thing. And we could both see a change in him. And just a month ago, I received a phone call from my nephew telling me that my brother had passed. And it was unexpected, Although we knew he had health issues and problems, his passing was unexpected. And when I got that phone call, obviously my heart was heavy for the fact that I wished he'd had more time. But at the same time, there was a peace that came over me because I knew where his heart was with God. And I was so thankful to God that he gave me the opportunity to share with my brother the love of God, and for him to be able to rededicate his life to Christ just a year before his death. And in that moment, I thought about it, and I thought, you know, the day that he called my daughter, that seemed like a horrible thing. But thinking back, had it never happened, there would have never been that opportunity for deliverance, for freedom, for a renewal in Christ. A lot of times, We look at tragic situations or things that happen that we feel like is a bad experience, and we don't see the good that comes out of it until we look back hindsight. And I don't like that they had that conflict that day, but there was a greater good that took place. Sometimes we have demons that manifest. Maybe those demons are addiction. Maybe those demons are anger or frustration or whatever. But when they manifest, we have a responsibility as Christians to respond the right way. And it's always in love because love covers a multitude of sin. Love sets us free. And if we're walking in Christ, then we should love one another. And we should be able to speak life to one another. Ephesians 4.29 says to build each other up with the words that we speak and not to tear each other down. I could have called him that day and I could have tried to tear him down. And had I done it, it would have satisfied my flesh. 
but where would he be now? Where would our relationship have been? It would have been nowhere. I would have spent the last year of his life probably not speaking to him or him not speaking to me. But instead, I chose to love him because Holy Spirit revealed to me deep down inside he didn't mean any of that. Everything that he was saying was said because he was hurting and he believed a lie. And he needed somebody to see that and break through. When we hear the truth, it sets us free. And he heard the truth that day and it brought freedom to him. We talked on occasion about plans for him to get his life back into a place where he could become a pastor. And he was so excited, like that was a desire of his heart. And I feel like the enemy robbed him of that. A lot of the conflict that happens in families, it's because the enemy's trying to bring separation. He doesn't want to see unity in the family. But if we can see through the lies and we can see to the truth, There's no conflict that cannot be worked through and worked out in love. James 1, 19 through 20 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. I could have very well become angry and responded in that. To be honest, I was angry. But I chose to not let anger lead me that day, but to allow love to lead me. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Everything we do should be to glorify God. Every moment of our lives that we live, we can't put in just a little bit of effort or a quick fix and expect our relationships to be great and healthy. It takes time. And our relationships are important to God. I mean, he created us with relationship in mind with him and with one another. When we're spending time in relationship, the more that we invest in that to make stronger relationships with our children and with our family, we're glorifying God through that. And if we can establish healthy families, we can get to a place where revival will break out because healthy families create healthy towns and cities and nations. A lot of the problems that we see in the world today comes from broken homes. People have real problems. It's not easy. There's no quick fix. Children need their fathers in the home. They need their mothers in the home. And they need a healthy mother and father relationship in the home that's being modeled with the father leading and the mother nurturing and things flowing as it should be, as God created it to be. And when that's missing, then the children lose their sense of identity. They lose their sense of security, and they feel like things are hopeless. If we're too busy to spend good quality time with our children, what that says to them or anybody else is that we don't value them. If you value something, you'll spend time on it. If there's something you really want, you won't stop till you get it. And what we should really want is healthy relationships. That's what we should really want. I have to really bring up the topic, too, about our physical health. If we want healthy relationships, we also have to factor in a healthy lifestyle. I know that might sound like it's unrelated, but it really is related. 
We need to be healthy physically and mentally. If I am struggling physically, if I'm tired and sluggish and I don't have energy, it's hard for me to put energy into a relationship. I have a lot of people come to me and say, I really want to spend time with my children or my grandchildren, but I have all these physical aches and pains or it's hard for me or, you know, whatever the case is. And one thing that I'm reminded of is how much time people spend on things that probably don't matter that much that's going to waste away. Like, for instance, we might put a lot of money into remodeling our home or making it look nice and decorating it or on a new car, but we're quick to not want to spend money on our physical health to take care of our bodies. We usually take shortcuts when it comes to that. And yet our body is where we spend every moment of our life. That's our home. It is our physical home is our body. It's where we spend the most time and yet it's the most neglected. If we want to have healthy relationships, we have to also take care of our body. That means that we're eating the right foods, that we're exercising, we're taking care of our health. Our mental health is also important. If I'm not in the right state of mind, it's going to affect relationships that that I'm involved in, whether it's with siblings, whether it is with my children, my spouse, or whatever. And yet so many people don't want to spend the time and invest in getting a healthy mindset. We run the school of ministry, and people are discovering their identity And building a new mindset that's built on the truth, a healthy mindset. But remember that your mind and your body is the one place that you spend all of your time. But your physical body is your temple. It's the home. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's where you reside every moment, every second of your life here in the land of the living. This is your home. You got to be able to put the effort in to take care of yourself. You might think, well, how am I going to spend all this time building healthy relationships with my children and my family and find the time to get healthy? You can incorporate those things together. If you have small children at home or teenage children at home, have them come and help you cook. Work together on dinner as a family. You would be surprised and how much you will grow and learn and connect and build healthy relationships working together in the kitchen as a family to prepare dinner and putting it on the table together. It can be a fun experience, but also you could be showing them and teaching them and pouring into them about choosing the right foods to keep themselves healthy. Maybe after dinner, you could go for a walk if it's nice out, have you know a little bit of time to talk, Plan a night where maybe you go bowling or you go and do something where you're going to be getting a little exercise, maybe laser tag. But there's plenty of ideas and things that you can come up with. Something that incorporates a little bit of physical activity, but also time together and real time that you're connecting with one another, not time to where you're sitting down in front of a device and just being absorbed in a virtual reality. When we think about how important it is for our physical health, for our mental health, to build healthy relationships, and then putting in the time, sometimes we just feel like, oh, we just want to give up on that. 
But trust me, I know that Joe has shared before about how at the end of our lives, if we look back on everything, the one thing that we're going to really hold on to is our relationships with one another. We're not going to care about the stuff we've collected or the stuff that we thought was important, the cars we drove or the house we lived in. What's important is our relationships with our children and our brothers and sisters and our moms and dads and our close family and our close friends. Those are the things that's important to us. Spend the time investing in what's important. Spend that time investing in healthy relationships. Thank you for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast channel and like us on all of our social media pages at Holy Spirit Living. We encourage you to look for the gold and others today. Be blessed, but better yet, be a blessing.